The following audio is from Story City Church in Burbank, California. For more information on Story City, go to storycitychurch.com. Hey, uh, I have really enjoyed this series that we're in called You Asked For It. Uh, If this is your first week here, uh, the month of January, we've taken the opportunity to say, you're going to shape the content for our sermon series. And so uh, we gave about a month, a month and a half for you guys to ask questions that that you would submit and we would take and process and say, we're going to choose these four questions to take an opportunity to speak to. And one of the reasons I love it is because we get to hear what you're thinking, the questions that you're asking. And, um, and so we've only got four weeks to answer your questions. There will make way more than four. Um, but what we're going to do with those is that we're going to take uh, some of those things and use those to shape a future sermon series. And we're excited about that. Okay. So today, um, uh, I'm not going to give you the question right up front. Uh, we're going to get to it and you're going to be like, where is he going with it? But I promise we're going to go somewhere. Um, but the, we're going to take a conglomerate, if you will. Um, We're going to coalesce multiple questions that you ask uh, because I believe the answer is similar and the same regardless of what perspective you're asking it from, okay? So if that seems really cloudy, don't worry about it. We're going to get right into it, okay? Um, Let me pray for us. If you have a Bible, uh, go ahead and open it up. If you don't, that's okay. We're going to put the words on the screen and it's going to be a good morning. Jesus, thank you for your word. Uh, God, speak to us deeply. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, Just a few years ago, we um, conducted a survey of about 400 high school students. And we asked them a very simple question. We were trying to construct a sermon series um, around this idea of parenting and being a child and being in the home and how can we live together in harmony and unity the way that God intended. And so we asked just a generic question. We didn't try to um, skew the answers or direct the answers in one way. We simply asked students. We gave them a sheet of paper. We passed it out. And we said, I wish my parents knew this about me or my friends. And we gave them five blanks. You can give five things if you want. give it one thing or you can get five things. And I was shocked by, by some of the answers. I, I probably shouldn't have been shocked. I was, I was more saddened by some of the responses from the survey. And I just want to read you a few of those. These are real people. Um, these are real um, people in their early 20s now. This is just a few years ago. And these are some of the things that they said. They said a lot of things, but I just wanted to point out a few. One of the things they said, I wish my parents knew this about me or about my friends. One of the things one student said, I am scared to tell you stuff for fear of your judgment. One student said, advice doesn't always have to be harsh. Another student said, I'm scared of you sometimes. Another student said, I want my mom to say I love you more to me. Another student said, I actually appreciate being acknowledged. Another student said, I know you love me, but I wish you showed it to me more. Another student said, I wish my parents knew how much they hurt me. Another student said, all I have ever wanted was to be loved and to have a good friend. Another said, I cut myself nearly every day. One student said, I've seriously considered suicide. Another said, my mom doesn't know that when I smile, it's all a lie. Another student said, I have no self-esteem and no confidence. Another student said, I don't know how much longer I can take this. Another student said, my life is more stressful than you think. And then finally, another student said, I feel the only way to get you to hear me is to raise my voice. Uh, I don't know why I was shocked by those responses. Um, It's the world we live in. And I want to say to you this morning, if you grew up in a home where you were abused, sexually, emotionally, physically, I want to say to you this morning, I'm sorry. 
Your abuse was not warranted. It's not the way God intended it to be. In fact, Psalm chapter 36, verse 7 says this, How priceless is your unfailing love, O God. People take shadow in the refuge, people take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Um, there is this uh, idea that as a parent, and maybe you're a parent this morning and maybe you're not, and you're like, Pastor, I'm not a parent, so this really doesn't apply to me, but don't check out on me yet because we're going somewhere, and I believe it can apply to a lot of us this morning, not just those who are parents, and you're like, I, I haven't been a parent for a long time, or I've not been in a home with a parent in a long time, or maybe I'm single, I don't have any kids. Listen, it's going to apply to you this morning. But I want to say this, the, the privilege, there's a sacred privilege that God gives parents and, and that sacred privilege carries the idea that the home should be a refuge just like God is a refuge to his people. Now, if you were abused as a child, I want to say to you, um, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and I believe in an auditorium uh, over two services with hundreds of people, I believe there are people who come to a worship service on Sunday morning, and even though it may have been 40 years ago, you still wrestle with the effects of that abuse. Now, uh, um, I want you to do something for me just for a moment. I want you to put those statements that those students just made in the back of your mind. We're going to come back to those in just a second, and I want to make a point and get to the question that you guys ask just for a moment. There's a sacred privilege that God gives parents in their responsibility as being a parent. But listen to me. The scripture also says there is a sacred responsibility and privilege of being a child as well. And so we see that in the Ten Commandments. Um, if you've not been around church for a while or maybe or even ever, you've probably heard of the Ten Commandments. Now, the Ten Commandments are formed in really two different sections. The first four commandments that God gives Moses is they have to do with our relationship between us and God. Commandments five through ten have to do with our relationship with one another. The first part, the first commandment of those second half of those commandments has to do with a child and a parent relationship. That's how it's applied specifically, but it's not just applicable to parents and children. Now, let me read it to you. Exodus chapter 20, verse 12 says this, honor your father and your mother. Have you heard that before? Even if you've never been in church before, you probably heard your parents say, you should honor me and your dad, or you should honor me. And the scripture says that your days may be, may be prolonged in the land, which the Lord your God gives you. So we read that and we're like, Pastor, I'm not a parent. I've not been in a home in a while. Where are you going with this sermon? Don't check out because this idea in the Ten Commandments about honoring a mother and a father for, for centuries and centuries, Christians have recognized that what was intended here is not just a parental relationship. It's applied in a parental relationship, but the template we have here is how to deal with relationships of authority in our Lives. So the fifth commandment applies specifically to parents and children. But listen to me. It's broadly appealing. It's broadly applying to honoring people in authority. Now, the scripture says parents are not the only people that we honor. Scripture says there are multiple people that we honor. Oftentimes, um, that honor comes in the form of being a citizen. Romans chapter 13, Paul says this. So we've said parenting, but now Roman jumps into another idea of honoring and respecting, and he jumps into this idea of civil authority. And here's what he says. Pay to all what is owed to them. Taxes to whom taxes are owed. Revenue to whom revenue is owed. Respect to whom respect is owed. Honor to whom honor is owed. Now you're like, okay, pastor, just one moment. 
Paul does not live in 2018 in America under the government that I'm currently living under, right? And I would say, you're right, he does not. But I would remind you that when Paul wrote those words in Romans chapter 13, he was writing at a time when he was living under the reign of the tyrannical rule of the people of Rome, who were harsh and cruel to its citizens. And in the midst of that, Paul says, I want to encourage you. I know it may seem difficult, but I want to encourage you to honor and respect the government. Now, let me give you just another little survey of what Scripture says about honor and respect. Not just parents, not just government, but there's these other ideas that apply in other relationships as well. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5 says, Slaves ought to obey their masters. Or in our current context, we would say employees should show honor and listen to their employers. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 says, Wives should be honorable to their husbands. Husbands should be honorable to their wives. Hebrews 13 says, we should obey the leaders in the church and submit to them. 1 Peter 5, 5 says, younger men ought to be subject to the elders. Romans 13, again, talks about being subject to governing authorities. Titus 1, 1 says, we should be submissive to rulers and authorities, obedient for every good work. And then finally, in 1 Peter chapter 2, the scripture tells us we should fear God and honor the king. So we have this idea of honor. And respect. And the title of my message this morning is Parents, Politicians, Honor and Grace. And I just want to talk to you this morning if you're a child struggling to honor your parent, or, or if you're an older adult who is still wrestling with things in their past about their parents. I, I want to say broadly, I want to speak to us broadly about this idea of honoring people in our lives when we have these positions of authority, when it is a difficult circumstance. So just as God delegates this authority, to, to governments, right? We've seen that in Romans chapter 13. He also delegates this responsibility to parents. And so God expects that as parents, we're like his, we're the extension of his authority, the extension of his sovereignty. And we give to our parents and our rulers what's owed to them. Now listen to me. There's this idea in scripture. There's this sort of this idea in scripture that honor is owed whether the other party has earned it or not. That's difficult to swallow this morning. The idea that honor is owed whether the other party has earned it or not. Why? Because it's theirs by virtue of a God-given responsibility and a God-given authority. What do you mean by that? Well, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 says this. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. In other words... There are, are people and positions and authorities in our world, from parents to kings to presidents to politicians to bosses to leaders, that they, their authority exists for no other reason, but God has given that authority, authority to them. And there's this idea that honor is due to them whether they've earned it or not. And now let me, I want to try to unpack that here just for a moment, okay? It says that authority has been given to them by God for a specific purpose. Now listen to me. For example, God's given the distinct privilege to parents, right? To be the guardian and the developer of a, of a child's heart, their minds, and their emotions. If you're a parent this morning, I want to say that sacred privilege is yours, but it carries these responsibilities. The responsibilities of, of carrying the sacred privilege of having authority in your child's life is to love, to respect, to approve, to accept, to encourage, to discipline, to love, to instruct. And in return, Scripture says kids have the right 
Kids have the right to have a parent in the home that's honorable and should obey God as God has given them the privilege. Now listen to this. Part of a parent's responsibility, part of a parent's responsibility is that they help a child learn that you've come into a world where there is this idea of moral authority, where there is structures and order, because the home, the the family is where we learn about respect and obedience and love and protection. Now listen to me. I'm going to get to the question. You're like, where are you going, pastor? (laughs) It's easy to honor parents who love and accept and approve and affirm and discipline and instruct and encourage Honor has this idea of showing respect to someone. But when scripture talks about honoring parents in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, there's another meaning here in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2. It's not just showing respect for someone. It's the idea of esteem. What does esteem mean? If, 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 if honor is showing respect to someone, esteem is a level up. Esteem is a level 10. And we understand this idea of esteem. We esteem presidents, we esteem world changers, we esteem peacemakers, we esteem teachers. The scripture says we should esteem parents. There was a guy in scripture named Naaman, and he was esteemed because of his military victories in the book of 2 Kings chapter 5. Daniel was esteemed in Daniel chapter 10 because of his ability to interpret dreams. Now listen to this. The the New Testament says Jesus esteemed Mary, Martha, and Lazarus And then finally, we see this. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2, children should esteem their parents. Now, here's the question. It's easy to esteem when those parts and pieces are in place. But what if you can't respect mom and dad because they've been dishonorable? What if you can't respect authorities because they don't deserve it? And I say to you this morning that sometimes God's plans break down. It's the world we live in. And maybe you came in a home where those initial statements that I started the sermon with today, those are so familiar to you because those were your statements. And you say, I grew up in that home. And now even as an adult in my late 20s, early 30s, late 40s, I'm still wrestling with esteeming and honoring my parents because they don't deserve it. I want to say to you, sometimes God's plans break down. It's not God's fault, but sometimes we honestly just royally screw up the whole thing. Parenting, leading, politicking, families, relationships, friending, presidenting, And so the question brings us today to a question that you guys ask. And that question is, how do we honor the people the Bible says to honor if they do not deserve it? Some of you guys ask this question very directly. In fact, you asked it just like that. How do I honor my parents if they're not respectable people? And then some of you guys ask questions that, re, that, uh, that uh, have this idea of being a citizen in a country and following leadership that is not respectable and honorable. And how do I live as a citizen in a country where it's difficult for me to honor and respect those people? So the question before us in the next few minutes is, how do we honor the people the Bible says to honor if they do not deserve it? Can I do this for you? 
Um, if, if you're new to Story City, typically what we like to do is we like to take the scripture and we'll take a book of the Bible and we'll just preach right through that book. Um, over the course of this series, though, over the uh, last three weeks and then next week, we've sort of taken this topical approach to these thoughts that you are processing. And we want to give you a systematic approach to what the scripture says about the questions you're asking. And so I want to give you just a few things here. If that's you, not, not just as a child having a difficulty, even maybe an adult child relating to your parent. Maybe it's you as a citizen. Maybe it's you as an employee having a boss. Maybe, maybe it's you in a home with a spouse it's difficult to respect. And yet at the same time, God says you should respect and honor that person. Why? Because that was God-given authority. Can I give you just a few thoughts this morning? I'm just going to run through just a few. I'm going to give you five as a matter of fact. And I just want to say up front, it takes extraordinary wisdom it takes extraordinary wisdom to understand this idea of honor and respect when people do not deserve it. So let me give you the first thought. Um, first of all, we need to understand there's a difference between honor and obedience. There's a, there's a distinct difference between this idea of honoring someone and obeying someone. Um, it's this idea that parental authority is not absolute. There are limits to respect. There are limits to honor. And here's the thing, if there's a choice in your home, if you're a student now, or, or even as an adult, even as an adult who is dealing with uh, parents in your adulthood, if there's a choice between obeying God and obeying your parents, or if it's a choice between your parents forbidding something that God says is not forbidding, or forbidding you to partake in something that God wants, then the choice is obvious. The decision is, I obey God. Uh, I remember as a student pastor, we had an event one time. And we had this, I think she may have been 16, and she went to a neighboring school around their church, and she came that night. She heard the gospel. She heard um, about sin and grace and Christ's victory on the cross. And that night, she gave her life to Jesus, and we believe her life was transformed. And after the service, she came up to us, myself and one of our other adult leaders, and she was in tears, and she just said, um, I come from a different religious background. And I know when I go home tonight and I tell my parents what's happened to me, they're going to say to me, you cannot go back to that church. There's often this difficult scenario where God says you must honor your parents. And, but there's a difference between honoring and obeying. And when the choice is I obey God or I obey my parents, the choice is obvious. We always obey God. Can I just say this to you as an adult child? As an adult child, maybe you're wrestling through this same idea with a parent who's trying to overstep their bounds and ask for your obedience as an adult. There are oftentimes parents will not, um, uh, oftentimes parents are, may not be happy if a child says, an adult child says, I believe this is what God has said in my life. And I'm going to make a drastic change in my life. And I'm going to move from one side of the country to another. And there may be an adult, in your, a parent in your life who says, I don't think you should do that. And we wrestle with this idea. I'm talking very personally. We wrestle with this idea. Should I obey my parents or should I obey God? There's a difference between honoring and obeying. And even when we refuse to obey. Can I say this to you this morning? The, the opportunity for honor is still there. The opportunity to give honor is still there. Secondly, there's a difference between honor and agreement. There's a difference between honor and agreement. Honoring parents and authorities does not mean that we have to agree with what we believe may be a repulsive position that they may hold, right? 
You may think, I have parents who have this belief that I don't believe honors God. What, what you fill in the blank, a racist belief that I don't believe honors God. Honor distinguishes between giving honor and agreement with positions that parents hold. And I would say to you this morning that um, in your decision processing about how do I honor parents when I do not agree with them, honor can still be extended in a way that's genuine, but it's resolute. I do not agree with this position. Can I say this to you? As a citizen in a country with a government that holds at times positions on the life of the unborn, I oftentimes find myself in disagreement. But there are times as a citizen when I disagree with policy decisions about what I believe to be biblical and scriptural, yet at the same time, it means that I still honor the position that God has given. It does not mean I agree with their policy. It does not mean I agree with the position they have taken, but it means I still honor the position that God has given without compromising my Christian convictions. Number three, we have to understand there's a difference between honor and enabling. There's a difference between honor and enabling. In other words, maybe honoring parents does not mean that you enable their sin. What do you mean by that? Can I just speak very vulnerably to you this morning? Maybe some of you grew up in a home where you were abused, maybe sexually, physically. And, and enabling a parent means I cover up their sin by never making it known and, and in doing so, I have this idea, and falsely, that I'm honoring my parents by covering up their sin so that no harm comes to them. Listen, honoring parents does not mean that you enable their sin or cover up what they did or that you hide it from civil authorities. Those who were abused won't dishonor their parents if they make that abuse known. And you seek to have parents prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. That's a difficult conversation, but we have to understand the difference between honor and enabling. Number four, there's a difference between honor and relationship. There's a difference between honor and relationship. Sometimes there are past actions that have happened that have been so deplorable that, that, that someone in the home, a child in the home, has to break relationship between mom or dad, especially when that mom or dad has been physically or sexually abusive and they're unrepentant about their actions. Sometimes honor means I must break relationship in order not to continue to um, be a victim of the abuse in that situation. Maybe the best that they can do is honor God by refusing to dishonor their parents. What do you mean by that, pastor? I mean that sometimes that may mean honestly facing the trauma of the situation you've walked through. That may mean leaving vengeance in God's hands. That may mean acknowledging, God, you didn't make a mistake when you put us together. God, you did not make a mistake when you gave me them as my parents. Um, it may mean extending forgiveness where forgiveness is asked for or a willingness to forgive even if it's not been asked for. It may mean letting go of bitterness. It may mean trusting God through the pain it may mean dwelling deeply on the display of his compassion on the cross. Now listen, I understand that's not easy. I understand that that's extraordinarily difficult. Letting go of the trauma and the pain that you've experienced at the hands of someone else and even being willing to forgive them for what they have done. I'm going to get to just a thought in just a second that I hope may help you. But let me get to number five. There's a difference between the person and the position. 
Finally, when we understand this idea of honor and respect, we need to know that there's a difference between the person and the position. And even when it's difficult to honor the person, listen to me, we can still honor the position. There are days when I cringe at tweets from politicians. Can I just say it like that? <clears throat> there are days when I, when I cringe at seeing a news report over something a politician has said, and that's all I'll say about that. Oftentimes, I'm disgusted by the statement. A lot of times, I'm vehemently, vehemently opposed to the concept, the idea that's positioned before me. But here's the thing. If I understand that there's a difference between honoring the person and the position, then what that means is, is I can honor um, the, the, the position by critiquing the idea Critiquing the idea but not dishonoring the position. It means that I can remember this man has been given authority by God. And even though I'm profoundly in my right to disagree with a policy or decision, I am profoundly wrong to stoop to the same level as him or her. I have to understand there's a difference between the person and the position. It means I recognize that man has been given authority, and he's responsible to God for the abuse of his power. But now listen to me. Even at times when we are critical, we do so in a way that shows respect for the office and the position which they have been granted. Why? Sometimes it's a means of grace. Sometimes it's a means of judgment. And so when we're distinguishing this, maybe, maybe you're like, my, my, my difficulty as, as a, a man or a woman living in 2018 on this day is not that I've got parents who are disrespectful. I had great parents. I grew up in a home where I was loved, I was respected, I was accepted, I was approved, I was disciplined appropriately. I don't have issues with my parents, but I do have an issue as being a citizen in a country at a time when I don't think I can respect or honor a person. I would say to you, determine only to speak well of the position and honor the position when we can't find anything honorable in the person. And that may mean you avoid speaking evil while still speaking well of parenting and the position or whatever it is, the situation that you may be having difficulty. Now, I want to say this. We're going to close here in just a second. You don't have to understand the Bible like a seminary professor you don't have to know the Bible from back to front and know it systematically and understand every single concept to understand that sometimes God asks some things from us <laughs> that seem extraordinarily difficult, right? That seem extraordinarily difficult and impossible. And I want to say to us, in the hard circumstances and occasions where it's difficult for me to honor a parent who's been dishonorable, Honor a politician who is not deserving. Oftentimes I have to say to God, God, this is not possible without your wisdom, without your presence, without your power. Listen to me though, without your grace, without your grace. See, here's the thing I believe. Honor is extraordinarily difficult if we don't understand the desperate need for the grace of God. Like, Honor will never come if we don't understand grace. Why? Here's the thing. Grace is the modus operandi for Christians. It's the way we operate. It's the way we act. 
I'm not downplaying your circumstance and your situation. I'm not saying that you deserved what came your way. I'm saying it's true. There are people in your life that don't deserve your respect and your honor. But listen to me real quick and we're gonna close. But isn't that the gospel? Isn't that the idea in scripture? I was dishonorable before the Lord. Before the Lord, I was not respectable for the Lord. And yet the scripture says, Jesus was long suffering. He was compassionate. He was full of grace. I've been dishonorable towards God, yet in his grace, he still has compassion for me. Why? Look, because that's his nature. That's who he is. That's how he operates. When someone royally screws up in our life, the operative word is grace. Give them grace. They don't deserve it. Give it to them. They're not respectable. Give it to them. Honoring them may sometimes mean you extend something to them that they never extended to you. It may mean you extend grace when they never extended grace. It may mean you extend mercy when that was never on their radar. Romans chapter five, verse 20 says, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Isn't that how it typically goes? You sin against me, you do me wrong, you abuse, you, you challenge, you disrespect me, well, I can take it up another level. Oh, you wanna go to level six? I can go to level seven. Oh, you, level eight? I got level 11 in me. Isn't that the way typically we would respond? But see, the scripture says, that's not how God responded. That's not how God responded. God said, you wanna take it up a level? Well, you, you can take it up to level 10 if you'd like, but, but, but I'm going to stay right here. You, you want to keep going? The more the sin's going to increase, I just want to tell you, I'm going to match that sin with grace. The more sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Pastor, that's impossible. You do not know what I've walked through. I don't. And I'm not downplaying that you've been hurt. And abused. And I want to say to you that it was not warranted. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And yet at the same time, there's this friction between honor and respect and people who don't deserve it. It's so counter to our nature to extend grace. When sin explodes, our nature is to increase that sin with our lack of honor and respect. Yet God said, the more sin reigned, <laughs> the more grace appeared relevant. I have some friends in my life who were on the precipice of making a life-altering decision. They were believed that there was something in their future that God had put in their path and they wanted to follow God. They believed it was a part of participating in the mission of God. And they've been in the process of selling everything they owned, their couch, their clothes, their cars. And they were about to put their house on the market. 
when one of their parents contacted them and said, you don't know this. I know you're about to move somewhere else in the world, but we are disastrously, deeply in financial debt. (laughs) And we can't pay our bills. Our house is about to be foreclosed on and we need help. I have friends who said we struggled desperately, wrestling with honoring our parents when they didn't deserve it. And they did not deserve honor or respect. What do we do? How do we follow God in this situation? I want to say to you, there is no easy answer to that. But what they decided was, we're going to put this on hold. Honoring Our parents in this situation means that we are going to take our parents into our house, let them live in our basement, and care for them in their older years, give them some security. And to us, that's that's how we believe we need to honor our parents. Can I say to you that sometimes honor is not how you feel? (laughs) You may you may have extraordinarily ill feelings about the person God said to honor. That's completely disrespectable. But sometimes honor is not how we feel, it's how we act towards people. And that's called grace. And maybe that's where you are today. A child, maybe even a parent, a spouse, a citizen. If you're struggling with honoring someone who's not worthy, can I just close with this? May I suggest, number one, you pray for them? I think there's something profound about praying for your enemies. We read it in Scripture often. Sometimes we even read it in the Psalms called the imprecatory Psalms where David says not only does he pray for his enemies, that he prays that God would smite, smoke his enemies. Can I suggest that you would pray for your enemies? Pray for whoever those may be. Can I suggest, secondly, that you pray for yourself? that God would allow you to see those people as God sees them. I know it may be difficult to acknowledge that those who have offended you the most are seen by God through the lens of grace. Thirdly, can I say this to you? Face the world and serve God relentlessly. Face the world and serve God relentlessly. Paul was speaking to one of his mentees one time, Paul, a missionary, great figure in scripture. And he was telling his mentee who was going through a difficult time. He said, when times get difficult, stir up the gift within you. Stir up what God has created, the passion in your life. And I believe that's applicable to you today. Involve yourself in the passions God has given you. Pray for them. Pray for yourself. Now, will you just do me a favor? <clears throat> I want to finish today differently than what, how we normally finish. Will you just do me a favor and just close your eyes, bow your head just for a moment. Just close your eyes, bow your head, just work with me for just a second. Maybe this morning you say, Pastor, I'm that child. I'm that teenager. I'm that adult child who has difficulty honoring my parents because they have completely disrespected me. Maybe you say, Pastor, I'm that employee who's been disrespected week in and week out. Pastor, I'm that citizen 
who finds it extremely difficult to honor the ones God said to honor who lead our country. Just eyes bowed, uh, heads bowed, eyes closed. Maybe finally you say, I'm, I'm that spouse. You said in Ephesians chapter five, verse 22, to honor them. And I find it extremely difficult right now. If that's you this morning, can I ask you to do something just very different? Nobody looking around. doesn't matter to the right, to the left, to the front, to the back. If that's you, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for us. Would you just raise your hand? Pastor, that's me. That, that, when you, that's me. I'm, I'm having difficulty. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Nobody looking around. That's me. Thank you for your vulnerability. You can put your hand down. I'm just going to pray for us. Lord, God, it seems impossible. It seems impossible to follow you, to give honor where honor is due, to esteem those whom you've asked us to esteem when they don't seem worthy, God. God, I pray this morning you would remind us as a people that that unworthiness extends to all of us because that's how we were before you. And so God, would you start in us, start in us, allow us to see how grace-filled, grace-full you have been towards us. God, I pray for those people who have dishonored us. I pray for those who serve our country with an extraordinarily difficult job, God. God, to the point that most of us cannot even comprehend and maybe most of us don't even want to comprehend but at times we extraordinarily disagree and believe they've been dishonorable. God, I pray you would give us wisdom to honor the position when we find the person dishonorable. And Father, would you do a mighty work of grace in their heart and their life. God, humble them. Humble them. Father, finally, would you stir up the gift within us, the passions you've given us. Lord, stir up our hearts, our emotions, our thoughts, our affections in a way that draws our eyes ultimately to Jesus and not the things around us so that we can fix our eyes on you, the author, the perfecter of our faith, Lord. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.